0: A quick reminder the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. This is Mike for Austin. Today on the podcast is for parents of future-bound college students, and the importance of money management. So first of all, let's get started here by welcoming those on the podcast. We have David Lee, our CEO and founder. David. Good morning. Good Good to be here. Great. Glad to have you. Matt, our senior VP. Good morning, Mike. Welcome, Matt. And as always, our infamous producer and marketing director, Natalie Wilson.
0: Thanks, Mike.
1: All right. So today we're talking about college and all of us have graduated from college but we took different paths to college. So Matt and I both went to college on athletic scholarships. Uh, when you see him, you'll understand that. David actually was the smart one of the group. He went to college and got paid for it. And Natalie was able to go to college and her parents took care of that. But one key point for Natalie is, and we'll get into this, is how her parents set her up before going to college on some clear expectations. So before we get going, let's give you a few stats on colleges. So, the cost of a four-year degree now has increased; it has tripled over the past thirty years. The cost of college has tripled over the past thirty years, and that's led to student loan debt exploding to one point five trillion dollars, or about thirty-four thousand dollars a student. That's just amazing.
2: And on that on that note, one thing I'll throw in there is, uh, you know, we're starting to see. Trade schools become more and more important, you know, st- because college, uh, the cost of college has gotten so outrageously expensive, people are starting to realize, well, maybe maybe my son or daughter should be an electrician or a plumber or this or that because we have a, we have a need for that in the country. So that's another point to bring out that, you know, not everybody, it's okay, not everybody has to go to college.
1: And, and it's probably none of us sat down and said, what's the return on my investment going to college? And what you're talking about, David, is just that. It's going to cost this. What am I going to be making when I get out? And is it worth it? And that's going to come out here in the expectations. Only 50% of students that start a four-year degree have a degree six years later. Not four years later, six years later. Only half. So if you take out a student loan and you don't get that degree, now you got to pay the loan back with no degree to help provide for it. Uh, Here's something on – Financial literacy with college students. Only 28% of undergraduates understand the concepts of inflation, interest, diversification. That's by the RAND Corporation. And college students struggle to answer basic financial literacy questions. Easy for me to say.
2: Which is kind of proved by the point that they'll pay $100,000
1: for an English lit degree, right? Uh, Well, (laughs) no defense to those English lit (laughs) majors out there. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But most college students cannot pass a basic financial literacy question. On average, they can only answer two of six questions. That's by EverFi. So guys and ladies, we're going to be talking about college-bound students. And if you are a parent of a college-bound student or know someone that has got a college-bound student, we would love for you to share this podcast with them. So before we get started here, one of the main things that we're going to talk about today is if you have one of those students you have to sit down and talk to them so Natalie share with us what what your parents did with you before you headed off to college
0: yes so I was very fortunate to have my parents pay for my college my parents made sure that they set the expectation and we both knew where the expectation was and um, I was applying for scholarships and if I got a scholarship great but they were only paying for four years and there were certain little stipulations of if I got married during the four years I had to pay it back etc but Um, they made sure that uh, we both were on the same page
1: and Natalie you're one of five children and so your parents had done the planning for your college but before you hit it off you knew exactly what the expectations were correct and if you knew if you didn't follow those expectations you knew the consequences so they didn't just send you all says here Natalie here's your credit card go have fun they didn't do that right oh no no sir well, I was sitting recently with uh, four college graduates and three of them uh, went to college debt-free and the, the fourth one still has college debt. And it was interesting to hear them talk. Three of them were saying, yeah, you know, I'm glad college done and like that. The one that in debt up to their eyeballs said, oh, yeah, I had a great time in college. But mm-hmm. now they're not having such a great time yeah, paying sure. back all that student loan debt. Matt, did, what did your parents do for you before you went off to college? Yeah. <laughs> um. We didn't talk
3: about it a whole lot, to be honest. I I was fortunate enough; I got offered a scholarship my junior season, and so I think if anything, my parents were kind of frustrated because when it came to like the ACT and applying for additional scholarships, I knew it I'd already had it paid for, so I'd literally hung it up. I had given up. I had zero motivation to, and I know that was kind of frustrating to them. But um, I, I I did know that if I didn't get it paid for, they weren't going to help me a whole lot. So it was it was either get it paid for or figure it out on my
1: own. Um, so thankfully I was level-headed enough to try to f- figure out how to get it paid for. And, and David, I mean, you got paid to go to college. Explain to people how that happened.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I went to the Air Force Academy and uh, you know, I paid for that too, right? I paid <laughs> it back to the country in terms of uh, and, uh, like an eight or, or eight year, yeah, it was eight years, an eight year service commitment post-graduation. But, but yeah, the Air Force Academy paid me monthly throughout the four years of college. So not only was it a quote unquote free education, but but they actually paid me. So, you know, if, if any of you out there listening, if you have a son or daughter that's interested in going to one of the service academies, we can, I can definitely talk to you about that. If you have a son or daughter that's looking at an athletic scholarship, Mike and Matt, cause Mike, you need to tell your story. Uh, Mike and Matt both went to college on athletic scholarships and then Natalie, the, uh, what we're going to talk about a lot about today is just having a, a disciplined financial process to making sure you don't get in over your head with respect to college expenses.
1: My story is very much like Matt's. Um, I was fortunate enough to get an athletic scholarship, and my parents, neither one went to college and had no way to support me going to college. And Back in 1977, I know that's a long time, uh, the thought of student loans wasn't even discussed. So with no scholarship, it was no college, and so fortunate enough was able to go. Uh, But now we've put two two kids through college, and so we are fully aware of what college costs and how to stay away from that student loan debt. Okay, so main thing is, if you have a child getting ready to go off to college the next year or so, or actually have just started, please sit down with them and go over the things we're going to talk about today. So one of the first things we're going to talk about is uh, how to stay away from scams and identity theft. Uh, that may not be the most important thing, but if your kid's just now heading off to school and they're starting getting all these emails and texts from people they don't know and they open this stuff up, I mean, it could ruin their identity. So the next thing that's probably the most important thing, and this is not only for college students, this goes for everyone listening, anyone that wants to have a successful retirement, is to do a budget. You say, well, Mike, a college to it, doing a budget. You know, they don't have any money. They just spend money. Why would you have them do a budget? Did did any of you guys do a budget when you were in college? Uh, no. I- no, I did not. <laughs> to be honest,
2: that's probably not the right answer, Mike. But uh, no, I did not. I, I got paid to go to school. But Natalie, you can probably speak to that. Well,
0: yes. So my parents, I was very fortunate for my parents to pay for my college and I had a lot of friends that took out student loans, but they did not pay for certain things such as my food. Or if I wanted to join an organization on campus or sorority, they didn't pay for that as well. So I had a job all working throughout college to pay for other expenses that my parents weren't covering. So Yes, I did have a
1: budget, Mike. Fantastic. I knew I, I loved your parents for another reason. So there you go. So a budget. Sit down with your student and find out what are their what's their income. Are they going to be doing any kind of work? Do they have scholarships? And then what expenses are they going to be responsible for? If you don't have that kind of conversation, you're going to be get, hey mom and dad, I need 20 bucks for this, I need hundred bucks for that. You gotta set those expectations. And then once they know that then decide what are their wants versus their needs. Big difference. I mean, just because they want a new laptop, they may not need a new laptop. If they want a new iPhone, they may not need a new iPhone. And if they're having to pay for it, you'll be amazed at how quickly uh, you stop hearing those wants.
2: (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. We've got a 20-year-old and a 16-year-old and you know, they, they have some of their own money that they earn from doing various chores and jobs and things. And whenever they want something, it's always the, the the great test, right, to find out how bad do you really want that? Well, you've got money in your wallet you can pay for. Oh, okay, okay. And then you find out real quick how important that is to them.
1: It's all a part about setting those expectations up front. That's
2: Otherwise, right. you just become an ATM machine. And speaking of – I'm sure you're going to get into this, Mike, but speaking of expectations, you know, your your kid may want to go to Harvard or may want to go to Duke or something. So, um, you know, go, go ahead. I know you wanted to say something about great that.
1: Great point on that, David. because college is expensive. We've already talked about it. It's gone up, uh, what tripled in the last 30 years. So, if you – As a parent, uh, we'll take Matt. He's got three young ones here, and he knows when when Bennett gets to be of age, he's going to be able to fund two years of college. Say, Bennett, this is it. You can do whatever you want to, but I'm paying for two. You pay for two. Well, if Bennett's smart, and he will be, he'll say, you know what? I can probably go to NWAC for a lot less than going to a four-year school and get all my undergraduate stuff done, my prerequisites, and then I can head off to Duke or wherever or Harvard and then – figure out how to pay it on his own. I'm paying for the two years at NWAC. In that <laughs> <certain>. <laughs> NWAC, for those
2: of you who aren't local, is our our local community college, Northwest Arkansas Community College.
1: And it's about a third of what the U of A cost, I believe. Don't quote me on that one. But but again, setting those expectations. How much are you as parents going to cover and how much is the child going to cover? And they know that going into it, they will make different decisions, just like the laptop or the iPhone. And then once you have them on a budget, whether it, you, need, you as a parent should check on it monthly to make sure they're sticking to the budget. You should have access to their accounts. Unless they're funding it 100% themselves, you should absolutely monitor what's going on to keep them from getting into trouble. Fantastic advice. <laughs> All right. Next point is... Stay out of debt. How many clients do we see coming in that still have student loan debt and they're in their 30s 40s 50s and they just say this is you know I just hate this student loan debt. So the way to not have student loan debt is don't go into debt So how can we help our clients or our students stay out of debt? David? Well, you know, I
2: know Dave Ramsey uh, covers this in some of his college classes college prep classes is you know uh, No, no child ever um, was harmed by having to work their way through college, right? In fact, uh, I remember him saying in his course that studies show that kids who have to work while they're in college tend to do much better. Mike, you probably have the stat, tend to do much better than those who, you know, basically are on the parent's dime throughout the four years.
1: There are statistics out there that say if you work 20 hours or less, and you just heard Natalie say that she worked through school, 20 hours or less, you graduate sooner, you have better grades, And, obviously, you have less debt. And think about it. If you're working, you can't be spending money while you're making money, right? And you're learning time management skills. You're learning budgeting skills.
2: You're learning work ethic, all that stuff, right?
1: In a previous job, I hired a lot of folks, and I I interviewed uh, probably eight people from a local university, and only one of them worked their way through school. You can guess which one we hired. And she has gone on, got several promotions. She's Because she knew how to work. She knew how to manage her time. And and she was a great employee. So stay out of debt. So you can work. um, You can do scholarships. Yeah, one of the things
3: that I think, and this is taking a step back, but our education system as a whole – we need to i think you just need to try to make it as efficient as possible cuz in reality a lot of kids graduating college had never even even thought about what they want to study or what they want to do so they spend the first 2 years of college just trying to get something figured out and you're you're paying for that the entire time right we we really need to and i'm not going to get on a tangent here about our you know education system but in my opinion we really should be graduating high school with the equivalent of like an associate's degree hmm. And have most of those prereqs taken care of and graduating, going to college for two or three years and focusing on those specialty courses. And you can do that a lot. Now I know like faith, David, faith yeah. graduated with a lot of college credits yeah. and there's those opportunities that are out there. But if you can encourage your kids to really start thinking about that when they're in the eighth, ninth and 10th grade of what are you going to do? What do you want to study and those types of things? Because if you're just getting that figured out your junior year, to your point earlier, this statistic where most people take six years essentially to get a four-year degree, that's a big part of that because the first two Still years of college, to you're just trying out. to figure out what you're trying to do. That's an expensive question to figure out.
1: Right? So I believe I could say four for four here. All of us graduated with a degree that we are not in that field today. <laughs> that's true. Matt, you agree?
3: No, technically. I actually, I did study finance.
1: But you started out in? I started out pre-pharmacy. Pre-pharmacy. Yeah. Natalie?
0: I have two bachelor's degrees that are not in marketing.
1: <laughs> <And> David, <laughs> computer you're science, computer major. science. I have a master's degree in, in teaching. Uh, so we all change careers after we or change our course of study since college. Or you actually did do some of yours in college, Matt. Matt's always the exception. He's all, he's always <laughs> ahead of the game. All right. So back, staying out of debt. Bottom line is budget before you borrow. Before you borrow, nickel student loans, make sure you have a budget if not you'll definitely be sorry that you did that later on in life because i don't know anybody that we talk to that are is tickled to death to have a student loan they always just it, there's always sadness around that piece of it okay credit card versus debit card so you know you hear all this on the line about hey you got to build your credit score build your credit score get your credit card to do that uh totally 100 percent disagree with that you guys what do you think
2: so do I do I think that people need to uh, learn how to live within their means and not live on credit? Absolutely. Uh, speaking of that, that's an important part of learn to live within a budget. And we have something coming up, right, Natalie, called Money School, yes. where we can teach people how to do that.
0: Yes, Money School is a 11-week series of classes that answer all the questions of everything you've wanted to know about money, but didn't know who or or what or where to ask. And so we have that in Mach 1 Financial. We're going live on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. starting this September 15th. This Tuesday, September 15th, we are going live on YouTube as well as Facebook. So check out our pages and follow along. We'd love to have you interact and comment.
1: Thank you, Natalie. That Natalie's put a lot of hard work into that money school. So debit card versus credit card, back to that. So credit cards, you can do almost everything with a debit card that you can with a credit card with one exception, and that's going into debt. Yeah. Now, if you really wanna help your student increase their credit score, and this is a big if, you could make them a, a authorized user on your credit card. They, they get the benefit of your credit score but do not give them the card.
2: And I think you can put caps on that too, right? I know there are credit cards that we have them here in the business where employees have access to credit cards, but we put a credit limit on that so that we can't, so that there can't be any potential abuse there. Well, you could do the same thing with a student just to try to get them used to responsible use of credit, put a limit on that. That credit card.
1: And if that's within their budget and that's what you guys agreed upon, you can. But again, credit cards, you can go into debt unless you put a limit on it. Debit cards, you cannot. Once you spend it, it's gone. So, and that's a way you can help them build their credit. Now, or you could put like a cell phone in their name and they pay for it and it shows history that they're paying for it. But don't get all caught up with that uh, FICO score. FICO score is nothing more than an I love debt score. It doesn't matter if you somebody you gave them a million dollars, it would not change their FICO score. One one point unless they paid it against debt all right we've already talked about working uh while you're in college up to 20 hours a week more than that it hurts your grades under 20 hours a week it teaches you a lot of good life lessons and then as they're if they're in a senior year junior year in high school i mean their job should be applying for scholarships even if it's a 500 scholarships if they spent 30 minutes and got a 500 scholarship Think about that. That's a $1,000 an hour they just made.
3: Yeah. No, and one thing I'm thinking of while we're sitting here is if if your kid or maybe you're, you're the potential college student, future college student, listen to this, if you're not going to work during school, in my opinion, there's no reason to have summers off, right? There's summer school. You can take that four-year degree and get it done in two or three. And so – and what that does is it expedites your earning years, right? So yep. you earn an income one or two years sooner. So maybe you do have to take out a little student debt, or maybe whatever whatever you need to do to get it finished. But the whole idea of you know not working at all, going to going a semester, going a semester, and then having the entire summer off, and the whole time you're not working, you're taking out, condense that. And if anything, maybe you can speed up, make an additional year's worth of income that can help pay for some of those student loans that you had to take out.
0: Yes, I am totally for summer school during college. I got two bachelor's degrees done in four years simply because I did summer school. I I love it.
1: Now, you know why we have exceptional people here. So they've been through the road of hard knocks and they figured it out. Good work. So work studies, uh, getting any kind of scholarship, there's scholarships out there. You can go. There's thousands of websites you can go to, but you have to apply for them. And it may take you 30 minutes, an hour to, to do the paperwork, but apply for them. You won't get it unless you apply for it. And one thing for sure, apply for the FAFSA in October. That's the first time you can apply for it. A lot of folks wait until January. Well, first come, first serve. So get your FAFSA done in October. It has to be done if you're gonna get any kind of financial aid. All right, and then last but not least, folks, be supportive of your college students. You have no idea how important that is. It costs no money to do it. Call on them, check on them. If there are events at college that you can go attend and be there, just be supportive. College students, I guarantee you, if we went out in a room here, Every one of us made some mistakes in college, some of us probably more than others. So just be supportive so they know that they can always count on you uh, for support while they're at college. And one thing you could do, send them a care package. Most college students don't have band-aids and aspirin and cough syrup. Uh, Send something like that to them. They could always use it, especially if they're feeling bad. They don't want to have to run out to the pharmacy to get something. So talk to your students now set clear expectations they need to know exactly what to expect from you and what they should expect when they go to school and they need to be on a budget actually you need to be on a budget as well and when we do financial analysis here financial planning budget is the key help them stay out of debt doesn't mean you have to pay for everything but they need to own it and they need to understand what that looks like when they get out Uh, and they will make mistakes we all make mistakes so be supportive of them. Let them learn from their mistakes. That's hard as a parent to watch your student, your child. You know full well it's going to happen, but you know they have to learn through the hard knocks. And then, this is a tough for some of us. You have to set your own boundaries. Please don't be a helicopter parent. Students have to grow and learn on their own. You know, set them out. That's why you've raised them. Kick them out of the nest, and then be there to support them. Okay. Any parting thoughts? No. Good
3: conversation. Important conversation. I'm I'm interested to know what college will look like in. Yeah. 13 14 years when my, when my kids get there start to get there um it'll
2: be a hundred thousand dollars a year
1: yeah I don't <laughs> <laughs> easy
3: <laughs> will you
0: be paying for that Matt negative
1: <laughs> all right folks uh, if you have any questions about the podcast this podcast or future podcast please submit them you can do that at podcast at Mach onefinancial.com uh, Natalie, any other places they can submit their questions?
0: You can email podcast at mock-onefinancial.com or you can go to our website and visit our podcast tab.
1: And we've got some uh, exciting guests coming up soon. We've got a CPA going to join us, talk about taxes. We've got a mom blogger we're going to have. We're looking to get a mortgage broker to talk about refinancing and reverse mortgages uh, and a lot of other things. If you have some topic you want to know, please share that with us. Okay, well, Thank you, Natalie. As always, she does great. She makes us look good on this podcast. That's the running joke in the office now. All right, for the last thing here, a thought of the day. The greatest mistake you make in life is to be continually fearing you will make one. The greatest mistake you make in life is continually fearing you'll make one. That's by Albert Hubbard. Hey, that's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. And please forward this to anyone else you might know that could Uh, Benefit from it. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next time on the Mach 1 Market Mall.
0: Mach 1 Financial Group Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mock 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit wwwmock one slash disclosures.